Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 19th chapter. When Jesus drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace? But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you, when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, we are familiar with two kinds of pictures of Jesus. Yes, two ways of typically seeing Jesus. On the one hand, we see him on the cross many times in art, in pictures, and so forth, suffering with sorrow. And on the other hand, we are familiar with Jesus also near children and sick individuals and lambs, such as this statue here below. Jesus showing us compassion and love. Yes, we're familiar with these two pictures, and we're very comfortable with them as well. Jesus suffering and dying, and Jesus showing compassion and love. However, we're not familiar with Jesus being violent. Yes, a violent and angry Jesus is something that we are not used to seeing. In fact, I think it is safe to say that we're not comfortable with this kind of picture of Jesus at all. A Jesus with a whip and a scrunched face? Jesus with eyes beaming and a tightened jaw? This does not sit well with us, which means that we might be caught off guard. Yes, we might be caught off guard with the front of our bulletin and also our gospel reading from Luke this morning. You see, in our gospel reading, we hear that Jesus is violent, and he is most likely angry. But what would make Jesus so angry and so violent? Well, it certainly was not his sin, for we know that Jesus was indeed sinless as the Son of God. So it must have been something else. That something else was that the people 
in that first century had made the temple and its courts in Jerusalem into a den of robbers. That is to say, that temple and the courts were originally built to be a place of the forgiveness of sins, a place of worship, a place of prayer, a place to sing the psalms. However, the people of Jesus' time, I guess the people of Jesus' time, they departed from the Lord and they made the temple into a common marketplace. As a common marketplace, people exchanged currency. They haggled over the prices of goods. You can imagine them going back and forth. They bought and sold things. They talked with friends. They played games. And some of them even resorted to evil business practices. Now, we must keep in mind that business in of itself is not bad. You see, it is good. It is right. It is salutary to put in an honest day's work at work, to get that paycheck and then go buy goods and services to support yourself and your family. This is indeed very good. It is necessary for us to do, to do business, to exchange goods and services with money. However, and it is a big however, it is not good and not appropriate to make the Lord's house into Wall Street. The Lord's house is not Walmart or Menards or Dakota Square Mall. Furthermore, it is not good to allow peddlers to do bad business and to do that bad business inside the Lord's house as well. So, is this why Jesus was so violent and so angry that day? Is this why he was so violent driving the people out of the temple that day? Well, yes, partly. However, there's more to it than just this. There's actually a greater sin that is going on beneath that common marketplace, and that is this. In the hearts of the people, yes, in the hearts of the people, they no longer held God's house as a sacred place for his word to dwell. They did not hold the temple as a reverent place where the forgiveness of sins, where worship and prayer and singing of the psalms occurred. By treating the temple as a common marketplace, they were desecrating everything that God was about. They were trashing the reverence of the temple. They were making that which was sacred into something common and then from commonality to blasphemy And so, Jesus, he got angry, rightly speaking. He cleared that temple. And this was not the first time that he had done this. Two years before this incident, he did the very exact same thing. The people, though, where they were unashamed and rude and disrespectful to the temple. And thus, it was met with Jesus' blowback again. However, the people did not learn. They did not see their heirs. But maybe we could be saying to ourselves right about now, was Jesus being too legalistic? Indeed, was he being too legalistic? I mean, did Jesus really have to be that intense? Couldn't Jesus have understood that the times were maybe changing? You know, reverence and sacredness, aren't those irrelevant and stuffy things that grandpa and grandma used to do in their church? Isn't God doing a new thing, keeping things casual? Dear friends, a lack of reverence 
and a disrespect for the sacred was at the root of the problem for the people that day when Jesus cleared the temple. One more time, a lack of reverence and a disrespect for the sacred was at the root of the problem for the people that day when Jesus cleared the temple. And that same problem, that same problem of reverence and disrespect of the sacred is found within our hearts too. And here is why that is. You see, our hearts, your hearts and my heart, we get uncomfortable with reverence. We get uncomfortable with the sacred. We like to make things casual because when things are casual, they're not as serious and they're not above us. And when things are not as serious and over top of us, well, we don't have to take them seriously. And we do not have to listen to that which is above us. And we can be in control. You see, reverence cramps the style of the sinful old Adam. The sacred makes our old Adam uncomfortable. Indeed, our hearts too easily lack fear and love and trust in God, and so we treat the Lord's house as a casual place rather than a holy place of life and death. We strip the sacredness out of God's word. And then God's word becomes nothing more than the casual word of a God that we don't have to take seriously. And so we end up writing God's word off. For example, one does not have to look or travel far to find whole churches doing the same thing as those sellers did in that temple some 2,000 years ago. That is polluting the sacred with, common, with the common marketplace. Rather than churches being holy and sacred places of life and death, they have become circuses of showbiz and games. Indeed, in our culture, rather than churches being places where heaven comes and meets earth, well, they become places where blood-bought saints meet Hollywood movies and Billboard's top pop songs. Rather than churches being places where shepherds, God's shepherds, feed the sheep by the word and sacraments, they become places where clowns entertain goats. Yes, clowns entertaining goats. Tragically, in the name of relevance and trying to be hip and cool, churches will bring Harley Davidsons, horses, Wookiees, fog machines, Marvel comic characters, adult coloring books, and lasers into the sanctuary. However, my friends, this is not relevance. For these props have nothing to do with death and life. They have nothing to do with sin and grace, hell and heaven, damnation and eternal life. Furthermore, as already alluded to, these things bring the marketplace into God's house, which ends up destroying reverence and sacredness. But our movies and music and circuses and clowns that bad, Pastor? No, they are not. Clowns, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. In all seriousness, it's just like good business not being bad. Many of these things are not bad as well. The key, though, is that these things are not sacred. They are common marketplace things. They belong in the marketplace, not the church. In fact, when they are brought into the church, they destroy reverence. And here is the point. Why is reverence so important? 
You see, reverence is so important because it keeps us sober. Reverence keeps us alert and aware of why we are here in the Lord's house. Reverence helps us understand that we are not God and that we need God. Reverence gives us clarity that the Lord's house is a place for the forgiveness of sins. It is a place for worship and prayer, the singing of the psalms. It is a place for God's word to go forth into your ears, your hearts, and your minds. You see, if you want to learn about the movies, go to a theater. If you want to learn about pop music, listen to the radio or Pandora on the internet. If you want to learn about horses, go to a rodeo. If you want to learn about Harley Davidson's, go to a Harley shop. Go and enjoy. Yes, go and enjoy. But if you want to receive the sacred and the reverent word of God, come to the Lord's house. Yes, come and receive. So today, my friends, we take notice. We take notice of Jesus cleansing that temple, that temple of irreverence. And today we beg as we beg that the Lord would cleanse us of our irreverent hearts as well. We ask the Lord to grant us forgiveness for the times that we wish to make his house and his sacred word into a circus show. We ask the Lord would grant us reverence, not so that we can be legalistic nitpicks or pharisaical jerks, but so that we can be sober-minded, so that we can be alert, so we can be aware of why we are here and what the Lord is doing in our midst. And what is the Lord doing in our midst this morning, in this house, in this church? What is the Lord doing in these church services here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church? The answer is this. It's a good answer. He is forgiving you of all of your sins. He is teaching you. He is sustaining you. My friends, he is preparing you for death Yes, he is doing this through his holy, through his sacred, through his reverent word and sacraments for you. He is meeting you with his word and sacraments to give you complete and total forgiveness and life and salvation in this church service. Baptized saints, the Lord is not interested in entertaining you and me with common movie slogans and popular song lyrics, but gives you eternal peace in the words of absolution. Your sins are forgiven. The Lord is not interested in impressing you with cultural relevance, but gives you an always relevant identity. You are baptized. You are marked with the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are snatched from darkness to light. You are made his own. The Lord is not interested in feeding you cotton candy, fluff, but gives you his holy, his sacred, and his precious body and blood. Take and eat. Take and drink. This is my body and blood given to you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And this, my friends, is why we are reverent. Yes, this is why we are reverent, dear baptized saints. We are reverent because the Lord meets us here and does the absolute unthinkable. He forgives us. He forgives sinners like you and like me too. He forgives us. He sustains us. He prepares us for death. 
so that someday we will be resurrected from that grave unto everlasting life. God be praised this morning. God indeed be praised. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you. you.